0: I went to
1: school with still here and asked me if I wanted to try some aspirin uh-huh. <laughs> to Some of our Henry's greatest minds dropped. They could all be done. Everything is in color and, and I can feel the air. I can, I can see it. I can see all the power. I'm tired of it. I, Can't you see that? All right. Um, welcome to Arts, Glass, Podcast. My name is Grant Lindahl. There's
0: your radio voice, Madalena. That's my name.
1: And in studio we have
0: Lisa Hammer. We
1: have Lisa Hammer. Uh this is this is nice. This is exciting. I'm uh <laughs> I, I kind of almost want Madalena to ask some questions cuz I know you so well.
0: Okay. Do you do you feel like you're back in your second home? Uh
1: my first home when I moved to New York yeah. cuz we lived together for about 6 months. Yep. I think I think yeah, it was, Something it was like that. about 6 months. Uh first moved to New York. Yeah. Um and uh I, I this was the only place I visited before. Like, okay, this apartment works, and then <laughs> I moved in.
0: Yeah, it works. Wait, didn't uh, I want to confirm this? Grant told me that he put up a Craigslist ad with like a picture of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm looking for a home, like a little puppy. <laughs> yeah, and I said, that kid's going places. <laughs>
1: no, she probably said, that kid's going to die if we don't <laughs> we'll be, we'll be thrown in a basement and murdered. But now I live you in a basement you don't underneath give,
0: you guys. <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit.
1: Oh, man. Uh, what was really funny is when... Uh, they responded i looked lisa up and i went holy shit she's the voice of Triana on the venture brothers <laughs> my favorite cartoon and i ran downstairs and told my parents ah i have got to live with them and my mom's like how old are they <laughs> you're living with older people like in a city
0: i'm your mom's age
1: you're basically i felt like living with like an aunt and uncle and no, uh, like
0: and i honestly if we had a kid we wished it would have been you
1: Oh man, that means a lot. Uh, you say that Seriously, now, you I'm say that. Now. <laughs> oh, that's so kind. It was, it was great. They were so nice. They let me bug the shit out of them for six months because I had no friends, and, and I would just panic all the time and be like a nut, and be like, I don't know what's going on. They're like, oh man, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they were really cool. I we <laughs> hung out a lot. That's for six months. Yeah. Um, but we brought you on because you're also a you're you're just kind of an all around creative. But uh, I want to kind of talk about your like films and just I don't know. You have like a million stories. You're a great filmmaker, <laughs> thank you, musician, uh, d- d- actress. Um, trying
0: to I wouldn't say great.
1: I'd say you're pretty great. <laughs> you're professional. You you were in SAG. I, 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 You've I'm made SAG. sag. I'm, yeah, th-
0: I'm professional. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, actors Equity yeah. is that a thing?
0: SAGAFRA. Sag- SAGAFRA. So,
1: yeah, you get the magazines. You got a lot of free DVDs one Oscar season. That was pile. pretty sweet. I got
0: a pile of them. Yeah, That's you
1: great. know, living the the SAG lap of S- Sag of trash. <laughs> but you've also you have like a cult following i feel like that is something that you uh, always there's ha- a cult following me there is a cult <laughs> they are i've formed a cult uh oh, they nice. believe that it's a bunch of homeless gentlemen that believe you are a deity of cans and bottles yeah. and uh we have sacrificed several cats in the neighborhood i know you don't like that but it was one of their ideas i can't convince them otherwise
0: i'm made of rats
1: Yeah, it's true. That is the legend (laughs) that it was just one rat and then their tails got (laughs) compiled together. And then out of the mire was Lisa Hammer. (laughs) Um, So let's start at your early, early career. Uh, where, Where did you go to school for film?
0: emerson college
1: emerson uh do you want to say what year do you feel comfortable (sighs) saying what year? oh
0: i don't care about the year it's just a crappy school (laughs) oh burn that was my dream school and i didn't get in i got declined and i wanted to go there so bad you escaped my fate which is a shitty education and an unpaid student loan that will never go away
1: yeah, tell me about it.
0: <laughs> well, Never goes away. Welcome
1: to the nightmare student loan club. Oh man, um, what did you study at Emerson?
0: I got in on a musical theater scholarship. You know, I had to audition and everything. In the second, what, what thing, was your audition? I don't even. Remember. It was probably from Chorus Line or something <laughs> it was stupid. I don't even know.
1: You're pretty Actually, punk rock. <laughs>
0: I was punk rock. So knowing me, it would have been more like Pirates of Penzance, like something you know, fun and frilly and Victorian. Cool. Yeah, I so, could see that. By the second day, I'm walking up the street and I see these, this group of people wearing like piano scale, piano key scarves and doing jazz hands coming down the front steps of the school singing on Broadway. And I just spun on my heel and turned around and and went right up to the film stock room and I said, no, I'm changing my major.
1: (laughs) That's the way to do it.
0: (laughs) The ballerinas were putting their feet up on the salad bar to stretch as we're trying to, to have, get you know, attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I had, I had enough of theater people in high school.
1: You know, the Russian ballet, uh, they don't use ballet poles to bounce, They use salad bars only. That's all <laughs> they have. They, they just balance on salad bars the they, whole that's time. That's they spin on lettuce. That's actually the best way to get your plies together. Oh, plies. Mm. So, so at the film, we we I feel like there's just so much. We're definitely gonna have to have you back because there's just such a complexity of everything. (laughs) I just I yeah. I mean, also you live. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you
0: should just drill a hole in the floor and you just like push up a microphone
1: on a pole, <laughs> on a pole? Oh yeah, totally. And it just rises and it's <laughs> it's just uh Tuesdays with Lisa on the podcast. <laughs> um documentary that this will be the next uh serial podcast is documenting your life. Yeah. Oh, you need to listen to uh S Town. So good. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's the so it's it's just another I podcast. Another anyway. Podcast?
0: that's yeah a, you that's, sh- that's illegal you shouldn't do uh that. i'm gonna go to
1: podcast jail
0: that's like try- typing google into google
1: it, it oh breaks the you're internet. not you're not allowed to do that <laughs> no it oh no i kind of want to do that in the dark if you type google three times in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh big g I'm trying to remember the creators of Google. I don't know. I just read an article about how a Google exec died of heroin with like this prostitute on a yacht. It was on Reddit, and I that was sounds like, right. "That's crazy, yeah. man! People like to party." Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, more about you, Lisa. Less about oh, me and God. Google execs dying of heroin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Emerson College. Uh, so
0: I switched to film, and I went up to the film stock room, and it was the tippity top of the building in this rusty old building and the the ceiling leaked. It was very early on. It was in the eighties. So there wasn't much of a film department. There were like two pieces of equipment on a dusty old shelf, but I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to do jazz hands.
1: What was your professors? Like, do you have any pro- notable professors that you liked or hated?
0: Um, if I could remember their names, I'd be much better off in life. Um, I know I had a, one professor named Mike, who was awesome. He encouraged everything I did, and he d- he was like, wanted me to go full weird, like be my full weird self instead of like trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other um, professor who sucked ass so bad that he told all the girls in class that what the only positions we should be having on this film set were catering or the art department.
1: What a dickhead.
0: Yeah. He smelled of vomit all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, he probably had an eating disorder.
0: Miserable. Fuck. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's gross.
0: But that was back, you know, that was back in the day when you would cut film on a steam back. That's how I learned how to edit. That's
1: crazy. I don't even know what that is.
0: (laughs) It's a flatbed and you've got the two, the take up reel and then the film reel and you're passing it by the sensor and it's showing up on a big square screen so you can cut back and forth Uh. and then you have to actually cut it. And if you want, if you were like, Oh, I should have left that one frame in, you have to save a frame in an envelope. Like you save all your frames and you hang your strips in this box in the bin. That's why we have bins now and like final, final cut and premiere because you would actually hang your film on a hook over a bin
1: now the computer hangs it in a digital band and, and then lets you it try <laughs> digitally. <laughs> and then you hang yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so wh- what were some of your influences when you were in school?
0: Oh, my God. Definitely David Lynch. Um, although in school, I think mostly what I had seen and fallen in love with were silent movies. And Do then ex- exploitation movies as well, like B movies.
1: Could you name a few that you uh, liked? Oh, yeah.
0: Sunrise by Murnau. Um, Anything by Fritz Lang. Anything by Fr- Murnau. And, um, of course, there's, like, Dr. Caligari. Everybody, I've seen that 10,000 times. That's probably my biggest influence because I made a film that looks almost just like it. What but film was that? Empire of Ake.
1: Empire of Ake? I don't think I've seen that one.
0: It's pretty fun. It's got puppets and a girl in an asylum. And everybody's dressed in a very surreal kind of uh, German Expressionist kind of clothing, and the scenery is very German Expressionist. Oh, that's
1: amazing.
0: The Getty just picked it up. It's in one of their collections.
1: Oh, congratulations.
0: Finally. That's amazing. Jesus, I'll have to show it to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cool. (laughs) Ah. I love all your stuff. I I remember the first film that you ever showed me was Puss Bucket. Oh, dear. And that was awesome. (laughs) Basically, Puss Bucket is this black-and-white film with uh the good dr hammers in it actually and uh there's a guy that's singing or who else who are that you just talk about who are some of these actors i just i don't even remember they're trying to just it it was insane it was crazy it was so
0: basically i don't even know what's the most interesting part of this film the fact that i shot it entirely in black and white super 8 film and then transferred it to video and then had to get like an editing job at an s and um, video house to get what? free editing. And then <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> bizarre video. And then um, that was fun too. Did you
1: just have to watch a ton of S&M videos oh, yeah, all the
0: I've seen everything.
1: Oh my god. And
0: there were cameras on us the whole time and cameras in all the hallways because the FBI kept raiding. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they found like body parts in the garbage outside. What? Uh, this is on the waterfront in Brooklyn before it was gentrified. So it was really scary.
1: What subway stop did you get off? J Street, I Can think. Can we try and find Can where that place used to be? Yeah,
0: Maybe probably. it's like a
1: cute coffee shop or something. <laughs> fucked up um, we could tell And we could tell people this was an SNF yeah. studio. <laughs> yeah. That's we could.
0: awesome. We could do it. Hand out pamphlets to people about alternative history in Brooklyn. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. We got to do that.
0: You should contact the s- Museum of Sex and tell them to do a sex tour on a bus that goes around. And that could be one of the stops because Bizarre Video is a huge, huge playa, playa, playa in Damn. the adult video market.
1: Did you get free adult videos?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they make good Christmas gifts if you want to make Horrible relationships with your family.
0: <laughs> the, the kind of things I had to do... So, basically, if you have an S&M video... And there's any penetration of any kind... You go to prison because it's rape.
1: What? So that, that's like an old rule, right? That's
0: why the FBI kept raiding. So, they hired me. I had to... Op- I opened the door to this closet that was like... Floor to ceiling, three-quarter inch, umatic videotapes. And every single one, I had to take out any penetration shot... But there was nothing to put over it. There were no other source tapes. So I just had to repeat stuff. It was, it was so retarded. So I had to go through like 10,000 tapes and edit them. What does that do to your mind? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it, it turns it to jelly for a little yeah. while.
0: Then I had to run across the warehouse through a room full of immigrants stuffing dildos into boxes to the video duplication room, which I also had to man because they're too cheap to hire anyone else. So while I'm in the middle of editing, I've got to time an hour because everything just duplicated in that room. There's four walls of, t- and I, there was no remote. So I had to do it by f- my fi- with my fingers and bend down and hit play and record and hit go on the master tape. And then do that a million times and then run back through the dildos to go back to editing. Cause they're like, what are you doing? Well, you're wasting time. <laughs>
1: They they got to get those videos out there in the world. Oh
0: my god, what what
1: did you do after you left that gig?
0: Um, I found a rent controlled apartment. I didn't need to work.
1: That's sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you you kill it.
0: I cried and and I the last day of work I cried because they overworked me so badly, and like they started on top of all that they were like we want you to start writing the descriptions on the back of the box. And they were all doing coke and drugs and all this stuff and having, like, tranny hookers in the office. I was the only one there doing work.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I had a friend that used to write the descriptions for an adult website in Florida. And he would wait to the last minute and he would write all of them on Sunday. But he had to look up all the porn star stats and he would find out that, like, at least a third of them all had, like, died. The and brains. it would, it just, like, yeah. melted his brain. <laughs> It was terrible, but he made a zine, and the best ones were the Christmas descriptions because they were just bizarre. And like he would do, do it after like drinking like eight gallons of coffee, and he would do basically a week's worth of work that he was supposed to be doing at home during the week. In in one day, every Sunday.
0: God, on God's day.
1: On God's day. <laughs> he Lord would day. write porno descriptions. <laughs> and th- The best one was about this girl and her boyfriend were going to buy Christmas trees in Miami. And she and her boyfriend's like, I don't want to buy a Christmas tree. Bye. And leaves her at the Christmas tree place. But then the nice Christmas tree guy's like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to give you a Christmas tree, but I'll bang you. and it's so, But the way he wrote it, he wrote it really poetically. <laughs> and I think, I think he was like... The best line was like something along the lines of like he he like decked her halls and filled her with the joy of the Christmas spirit. Like it was insane. Like what it's... a
0: letdown to finally watch the film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> after right. That, after right? the description, he was too good for for that industry. <laughs> you
0: can't be too good, man. You just can't. They'll cut your head off.
1: Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so tell tell them a little bit about Puss Bucket. So
0: Puss Bucket came together after a dream I had.
1: Brother Do you recall when the virgin came to us for help last night? Did? Of course I
0: do Judas?
1: She told me the way and now I can tell you the, Judas, he's got that gleam in her eye. the demons on this earth betrayed themselves with the gleam in their eyes. We must rid this planet with our weapons of oh God. It like it's gonna rain today, though. If
0: I catch you on the base, your ass is my quarter pounder with cheese. Well, hold the onion! Um, I think it was like the summer of my first year in college. I went back to Connecticut to, to moms to like, hang out for the summer. And I had this friend who was in like, the Church of Satan or whatever, and he had some crazy grindcore bizarro metal band coming through on tour. And they had no place to stay. And he said, can they stay at your house, your mom's house? And I was like, whatever, sure. They come in, and they're like this long, greasy hair, inbred, like retardos. And I locked my bedroom door that night because I was like, they're going to murder me. (laughs) And I had a dream that night that two of them were these like crazy, backwoods, Bible-thumping cannibals. And they were killing people and collecting the pus and letting them rot and collecting the pus in a bucket. And then I just built off of that dream. And I was like, well, we got to have aliens. And we can't like I know, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, there better be aliens yeah. in this.
0: So the aliens come and they're dressed like the Virgin Mary. So they, they make an appearance in the boys' living room. And they actually think it's a Virgin Mary. So like, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Beloved Virgin Mary. And they don't question the fact that the other alien looks like Elvis Presley. (laughs) 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 And so she says, basically, you're going to have to start killing people and collecting the pus because we use it as fuel for our spaceship.
1: (laughs) Who played the Virgin Mary? Did you play?
0: No, that was my friend Madeline. Ah. I made a couple cameos, but I was mostly directing. And then um, on top of all that, it's a musical. So it's like it's like a. Kind yeah, I remember the musical yeah.
1: aspect. <laughs> Can you name a song from that? Um,
0: I know it's here. I know it's here. I know it's coming. This is when this <laughs> there's a there's a scientist who knows that aliens have been landing in this town for years, and they're going to come back, and he's trying to tell the military, but they won't listen because <laughs> they think he's just some lily-livered li- lily- little smart ass. And he's like, no, my readings, the, my readings that I'm taking with this Geiger counter over every Hill and Dale are telling me that aliens have landed here and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I know it's here. I know it's coming. And my favorite part of that song is when he goes, all those years of being shit on all the work I've done for them, but they'll get theirs. They'll get theirs when I'm famous. Oh,
1: my God. Ah. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I get prison mail. I, I, I had a lot of years where I got prison mail from that. People would order the VHS. Back in the day, you could actually, I released it at Blockbuster. You did? Yeah, I got distrib- I got distribution through a bunch of really big companies. It got into all kinds of video stores. It was like the midnight movie selection. And then I, you know, from that, I started getting a lot of prison mail. And <laughs> one letter was like, Scrawled out, it was like, I watched Buzz Bucket and now I want to kill people.
1: Why are they letting prisoners watch this movie? No,
0: no because they, they, they kill people in the movie. They torture women and they and men. They torture a, a guy, um, a Scientologist. They torture a stripper with huge double D fake boobs. They spank a girl to death with ham. <laughs> this, <know>. one <laughs> this one does. This one does. It's not. You know, it's not something prisoners should be watching. Honest. The
1: title alone is concerning that a prison Yeah. Th- maybe it was smuggled in or something.
0: They, they, they ordered it from the back of a catalog.
1: Dang. You can
0: order shit in prison and get it in the mail.
1: Wow, yeah. that's crazy. So then when,
0: that, when the whole VHS and all of the uh, home movie stuff like that, like VHS and DVD really dried up, it's all online now. So I had to find a way to get it online, which it is now. It's on VHX.com. Oh, cool. So you can download it for, like, what, $1.99 or something? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. What, do you have any other films that are on VHX?
0: Yep, I have my movie Pox. Um, it's I love
1: Pox. So Pox, that was on um, – well, I guess we'll talk about Pox, and then we'll segue into your um, public access show. Okay. Um, so I – she gave me a DVD of Pox, and I didn't watch it, because I got things to do. And so it was just sitting in the back room where I was living, and uh, this hairdresser comes in, and he is... Is he, like, 6'2"? What is he? He's tall. Yeah, yeah. So this hairdresser comes in to cut uh, Lisa's hair at, at her house, and... Uh, Chris O'Leary. Chris O'Leary. Uh, he is insane. I don't know why people don't put him in more of the their films.
0: He fell in love with you at the party after your song
1: oh uh, really like, not like
0: love like i want to you know like, I, well maybe who <laughs> but, knows like he l- totally adores you
1: oh that's so nice he's great <laughs> yeah uh i was just kind of amazed by he he looks like he could be a biker he's very tall bald and has the highest voice i have ever <laughs> heard in a man I've ever heard and I look at the DVD and there's a satanic bald man on the cover and that is Chris O'Leary and can you do Chris's voice I
0: can't he has a Long Island accent and he I don't it's know really tall really tall I
1: can't even do it I can't watch Pox it is insane he's like oh, such a character
0: yeah I mean like you look he looks like he's gonna kill you in your sleep but then he's like the sweetest guy. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, on maybe
1: maybe we could play a clip of it, uh, and we can cut it in, cut it out. You you got to see this. Um, it's so good.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I first met him, we were on the set of some movie.
1: I think it was Party Monster.
0: Something like that. And then I remember him being behind me, and I was really intimidated because he came in in like leather and zippers and plaid, and he was you know like a skinhead and. I was like, oh, God, he's so scary. But I was really goth at the time with, like, my ponytails. And so I was sitting in front of him, and he was behind me. And I think we both went, one, two, three, hi. Because we were both afraid to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hi. <laughs> 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 he was so sweet.
1: He's so interesting. Uh, he's also an artist, too. We should have him on the podcast. Oh, definitely. He makes these really interesting paintings. And, uh he he definitely has some of the weirdest stories or he call, oh goes calls me yes. granty <laughs> and goes <"No>, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we went to his art show at uh, the cobra club
0: all right let me get to the part where he starts talking so the pock show is actually on my youtube channel it's on funnier die mm-hmm. um, you can watch it on vhx but if you go to lisa they lisa hammer channel on on youtube Here's his voice. Oh no. No! Daddy!
1: Daddy, hi! Pox, your mother's not pleased. She wants a spot. I know! I'm trying to avoid her! Pox, she's breaking my balls, alright? You gotta help me. I know! She wants me to do those anti-Christ chores, but I'm swamped! Pox, did you get the cheerleader I sent you? Yes! Anything come of it? No. I get very uncomfortable around the girls. It may be a big
0: disappointment to us, but at least you have a cult. Oh.
1: Let me call you back
0: I hate my fucking life I hate my wife He's Um. like set out to like irritate the hell out of everybody
1: It's so interesting It's super weird I remember watching clips of it on YouTube after watching the movie and just seeing like weird puppet videos and this okay. is before YouTube. Yeah. Um this was your this was also a branch of your public access show, right?
0: This the whole um first 12 episodes were for Manhattan Neighborhood Network cable access. So the 30 minutes it was weekly show. I was editing and shooting like crazy. Um Yeah, then we did the 12 episodes, then we did when I moved to L.A., we did a feature film. Talk, t-
1: talk to me about your move to Los Angeles.
0: Oh, I moved to Los Angeles. What <laughs> was your
1: motivation to get to L.A.?
0: Um, band was falling apart, divorced, had to go somewhere, running away from things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about uh, you working on the Star Wars movie as an editor, right? Didn't you work?
0: Oh, I worked Are at you... THX for a while. Yeah, yeah you were working like, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember you mentioning this. Yeah, no, when I
0: moved to LA I needed a job, so my friend's brother was like, Yeah, have her come over to THX and hopefully she has some training. But I have a lot of training, so they were very happy. <laughs>
1: you weren't running across <laughs> dildo rooms. <laughs> no more
0: dildo rooms. And no more watching old businessmen get wear diapers and like get Boot, like um, that like doesn't happen at upon. that
1: doesn't happen at THX. No, oh that's good.
0: No, I found a huge error in the f- what is the um.
1: It was the first Star Wars movie?
0: Third or? Star Wars movie. The third. Okay. Uh, um, of the second set. I don't. I guess the it's the still, terrible one. Yeah, yeah, where where Anakin gets his legs cut off at the end.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the third in the series technically.
0: The one where. Darth Vader goes no she was alive i felt her <laughs> Te-
1: technically he was still anakin and he yeah, didn't he become anakin. darth vader he yet
0: was i don't know i feel like he was darth vader the minute that helmet went on and that and therein was that exact spot <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. was where i found the glitch
1: what was the glitch
0: it was something deep inside the effects where the whole as they're putting the helmet on you see a big shiny glitch on the left hand side of the of the screen and the whole It's almost as if the frame jumped. So the whole thing just jumped and then there was a big flash. So I'm in Deluxe. We're sitting in the Deluxe studios and we're watching it on the big screen. I'm with all these middle-aged men and George Lucas is on the phone. And we're watching it and I see this thing and I look around and nobody's reacting. I go, stop. (laughs) And everyone, all these older men were like, what, 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 what? Did anyone else just see that? no, what, what, what? I go roll it back. And they, I said, roll it slowly, frame by frame. And then it was like, because if you do it frame by frame, you can see the moment where the whole entire frame is like lifted. There's a huge sh- silver shiny exploding um, glitch happening and missing pixels. And so n- s- instead of being grateful that I had found <laughs> this glitch a week before opening I was screamed at by George Lucas over the phone <laughs> for finding it he started just screaming at me
1: <laughs> oh wow that's fun so I don't remember
0: what he said but he was just like you know like god damn it we're opening next week why did what is your problem kind of thing and I was like dude I didn't do anything
1: he's the probably under a lot shot. of stress of a failing movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: so, I go to see it on like midnight opening night, not that I hadn't seen it ten thousand times already, but I wanted to see if he fixed it. Mm-hmm. It was like a week later, and he you know what his fix was? He just punched in
1: was that oh he oh he, he
0: enlarged the screen for that one shot, and he could still just barely see it happening, but you didn't <sighs> see the big flash and the big glitch, so I was like god damn it <laughs>
1: that's so interesting that's some serious Star Wars inside gossip yeah <laughs> we just broke broke a broke some news to, to Georgie L <laughs>
0: yeah I, th- I mean the problem is he would have had to go all the way back through millions of layers of effects mm-hmm. and there would have been no way so uh, there's really only way he could have fixed it for the you know opening the next week and then the DVD same on the DVD it's punched in so but it was wow. so sad because it's the moment he gets the helmet put on his head That's the moment he becomes Darth Vader. And it's like, uh, bloop.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was the one scene that I actually really liked. Oh, man. Well, I had some weird jobs. (laughs) Have you seen any of the new Star Wars movies? Oh,
0: I loved them, yeah. They're good, right? Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it feels like a fan fiction, but I like it. it does, but that's okay. It's like fun to watch. I don't like the latest one, the Rebel one.
0: I didn't I didn't I liked it
1: I, I just like the Jedi's I, I don't like I the know, the yeah. not and Jedi people. Yeah. it's boring to me
0: I mean it's for me it's never going to be the same as the originals
1: yeah true I mean
0: that like you know blew my mind in the 70s like yeah. I wanted to be Princess Leia we all did It had all the toys and uh-huh. the cards and everything
1: so as as an artist um and a filmmaker what would you say I guess this is kind of a dumb question but I don't really care um <laughs> What was the biggest difference from making your films in New York to L.A.? Were you influenced
0: differently? Well, I'm trying to think. I feel like it's easier to make independent film here. Um, I found it really hard to find people to work with me in Mm -hmm. Hollywood because they're all they just they're getting jobs with studios. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to work in a post house. They're going to work in a studio. They're going to. It's more professional. There's no weird little things going on out there.
1: What kind of stuff were you working on at THX besides Star Wars? Oh,
0: my God, everything. The whole Disney catalog for re-release on DVD. Um, Titanic. I had to see Titanic 500 times. Oh, my God. I thought I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) I felt, uh, and there was an earthquake during one of my screenings of it, and I didn't care if I died.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) I couldn't take any more.
1: Same your heart wouldn't go on my <laughs>
0: heart would not go on i drowned that day and then cars i had to watch so many times it's such a bad movie <laughs> oh my god why why do they make another one and then another one and they're thinking of making another one why some people, some people like cars <laughs> i
1: don't oh think i could watch god. it multiple times
0: oh my god
1: uh did you ever have any like uh, I don't know? See, I started a question, thinking I had a question, but then I didn't. <laughs> I hate when that happens. And then well, there I'm
0: like, some, the, some of the Star Wars animated series too.
1: I like those; those were pretty good. Yeah. 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 What kind? What were some of the films that you were making when you were in LA, like on your own?
0: Well, when I got to LA, I was just supposed to be visiting my best friend Debbie Diamond, um, but she had other plans for me. She wanted me to meet her friend levi wilson
1: (laughs) Ooh. and
0: i was like i'm not going on a date i'm not even divorced yet i've been in turmoil for a year we were separated and i've just like when you're in that mind frame you're just not gonna you don't want to date i've i've never even dated i've been i've had a boyfriend since like fifth grade so i've never been on a date Oh, wow. Well, not fifth grade, maybe like seventh grade. Wait, the same person since fifth no, grade? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I have, I'm have like a steady, I, I'm i going steady type person. I don't like flit around and date people. Mm-hmm. So I had never dated. So she's like, come on, you got to meet this guy. He's really cool. He doesn't like any of the girls out here. He doesn't like LA girls. He, li- You know, he, I told him he would really like you because you're from New York, because you you know, you have a different mindset. He's very cynical and funny. <laughs>
1: You guys and do have a similar mindset. We do,
0: and I was like, "Oh no, I'm not going to meet this guy." She's like, "Just look at his picture." I go, oh, "Fine, fuck it, whatever." She she like turns the computer around with his picture on it, and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> I was like, "You can call him. Can call him, yeah." You can he is pretty him. good looking. Oh my god. <laughs> so, but and
1: he's and he's a Shaolin monk, so he is that's true certified
0: martial artist (laughs) so she i said you're only you got to come with me i've never been on a date so the three of us met we went to one of those crazy mexican restaurants on sunset boulevard
1: compared to the sane mexican restaurants
0: like el compadre or something really Uh like famous yeah they haven't redone the inside since the 70s or maybe the 60s
1: yeah those are always really cool to go to oh my god it's
0: so cool so we're all three sitting there and I'm just looking at my feet and the two of them are talking because they were in acting class together at Beverly Hills Playhouse. And she's kicking me under the table like, say something. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow we got onto the subject of the TV show The World's Strongest Man that's on ESPN and we both our eyes locked. And we were like, that's my favorite show. That's my favorite show. What is the show? It's like these big men from Sweden, you know, Sven Svenjensen and Lars von Larsen. And they carry like buckets full of children and race each other down to the end. They will take, they will gut a VW bug and put two straps (gasps) on it, put their head through the sunroof. And wear the car as a vest and run with it. That's stupid. race. <laughs> That's love why it. I like the show. <laughs> it's
1: so great. They're
0: throwing uh, anchors over walls. I remember
1: watching <laughs> reality TV with you guys living here. And you guys love it. I don't get reality what did we TV. Wa-
0: what were we watching? Where
1: were you guys were... Pretty much draining every episode of like this model show. America's
0: mm. Next time Oh, well, because we have friends on it.
1: Oh, that we makes had,
0: sense. Yeah, our friend Clint Catalyst was a producer, and then this girl that was in the Pox movie, Lisa D'Amato, is the one that won in the end. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we binge watched that because we, we know her and like she's really funny. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, it was really fun to watch.
1: Um,. I want to talk a little bit... Do we have some time? to Keep going. Um, I want to talk about your music career because it is fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: Let's yeah. What was your first band called?
0: Um, in high school, I decided to skip class a lot and go drive into like New Haven from, from a small town. Mm-hmm. And I just um, started hanging out with this weird gothic funk band. They sounded like Parliament, but they looked like Specimen. <laughs> like Batcave cave era so i just started hanging out with them and then they were like oh we need a backup singer i was like i sing because i'd been singing you know musical theater opera all that stuff in high school and so i joined adx in new haven and we toured with ministry and that was fun um played the studio 54 reunion it was neat it was really neat and then i started my own band called requiem and white and we um We were active in Boston during college. And we used to rehearse down the hall for the Pixies because it was the 80s. Nobody knew who any of these bands were. So the Pixies were there. And then there was like a bunch of hardcore bands down there. And like um, Human Sexual Response and the Zulus and all these great bands. Oh my god, there were so many great bands. Um, And then we moved to New York and played for four more years here and then... I quit that at the peak of, like, just about to break out, and I, like, flipped out. <laughs> one of those, I guess I'm one of those people, like, right before I hit success, I go, fuck it, I can't do it anymore.
1: <laughs> you're, you're a tortured artist.
0: <laughs> like, I, every single time, I'm just about to get to that, like, we made it. I just quit. I quit. So, I quit the band, and we had just played to, like, thousands of people at the Limelight.
1: Yeah, this was... So, oh, I love this story.
0: There were so many people you couldn't walk through, so they had to carry me over their heads, like, uh, like uh, on like a sea of people. Um, we had opened for typo negative, and Pete Steele, who has passed away, but the singer was really into us, and he brought his best friend, Um, The black-haired guitarist from Metallica.
1: I don't remember his name.
0: And he... I just remember during our set looking up and there's the guy from Metallica. There's Pete Steele. All these like heavy metal guys just looking down watching our show. And they totally were digging it.
1: That's awesome.
0: And the next day I was like, I can't take it anymore.
1: (laughs) And and then you're like, I'm out.
0: So then um, I I was still married to Doc at the time. So we did like a side project that was like a religion that we started called the NCS. And that ended when people were chasing us down the street asking for the meaning of the universe. So that was over.
1: You formed a cult. <laughs> you you then, literally had a cult following yeah, that you were hiding.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we formed more Sophilitica where um, Eric did all the instruments on the CDs. I think we released like three or four CDs and a bunch of singles. And then I did all the singing. And then we hired a bass player and drummer.
1: What happened to your band members from, uh, what was the the band that you played
0: the limelight at? The White? Uh,
1: Requiem w- and White. Requiem well, I've and white.
0: had one person in every band I've ever been in die. Well, that was my band. So nobody from ADX died, but mm-hmm. I had a, a like a high school punk band called Fallout and the guitarist shot himself. And then with Requiem and White, unfortunately the bass player took his life. And with... Um, Morsephilitica, the drummer, had a heart attack.
1: See, I was hoping they'd be like, oh, they went on to form, you know, this band. No, I wish. But they all just, they <laughs> ghost bands.
0: Radiana, Radiana, my best friend in the world and the best partner I ever wrote music with passed away a few years ago from cancer. So I can't form any new bands because somebody's going to die. Uh-oh. That's
1: not good. No,
0: it's not good.
1: <laughs> um, What was it like, uh... You know, your process with music, you're still you're still making music on your own, right? I am, yeah. Uh, wh- what's your process right now? What are your songs about?
0: Well, um, I took a really long break after Steve died because I couldn't take it. Um, and I just... And my mom had just died. And then, like, a few months later, he died. And my mom had been the one that taught me music. So you can imagine that I didn't want to make any music for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I've just... I just chilled out for a while and just worked on film and stuff. Um, but then I started um being uh commissioned to make horror movie soundtracks which I'm really I'm really good at that because I can do eerie voices and I do kind of weird grindy uh really unsettling kind of dissonant music Mm -hmm. and drones and stuff like that so that's one thing I was working on today actually um is like a drone piece but then with like a full choir of me singing over it
1: oh that's awesome
0: And then the other piece we're working on is we're actually thinking of starting a new Radiana CD.
1: Ooh, Is this the the first ever, did we just get a special release of Uh, this info? I'll
0: play you the demo of what I wrote so far. It's the first song I ever wrote for a band that's just, I wrote it myself. I wasn't collaborating with anybody on guitar or anything. Um, But um, Levi plays guitar, my husband, so he played the guitar parts and then our friend jason is going to play the bass parts and um yeah i'll play it for you yeah sure okay i'll just play a few minutes because it's six minutes long oh wow (laughs) but it's back to my roots which are more shoegaze goth
1: yeah you had like a whole kind of medieval shoegazy thing going on in the 90s with your music
0: so this is more closely related to that the, stu- the first album I did with Steve of Radiana was more mod pop, like Brit pop. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. But this is more like Cocteau Twinsy, which is what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just unmixed, you know, right out of the right out of the gate. I don't have a base. There's no base on it yet, and it hasn't been mixed or mastered or anything. Sounds so, really cool. Thank you.
1: I really like it. Back to the roots. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing any new projects with your film at all?
0: Um, maybe sunshine is our series. Um, so what happened was we got this really fun idea to do a web series, and then we we're going to kind of turn it into a pilot and, and pitch it because levi was like you've told me all these crazy stories about when you were in a band and you had like a midget manager and
1: yeah that was (laughs) nuts tell us about the midget (laughs) manager
0: uh he was highly recommended and uh he was he had quite a violent streak um if we didn't get the amount of money he thought we were owed for the show because we would always pack the place and he would go in he had these two african-american bodyguards that were at least six foot two each on either side of him and he would just take them in to the, into the um, club owner's office, things would happen, they would spill out onto the street, f- all fist fighting, covered in cocaine with like S&M outfits and hairy chests popping out, and they, they had our manager pinned to a car, and then, but he had a fistful of money that he got from them. <laughs> so we got us paid by of like like twelve
1: dollars <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: like they wanted to give us twelve dollars and we had like a hundred people there but he made sure that we got like some good money <laughs> baller but yeah. then out of the darkness this tall man with a black long black hair a black hat with a panache and like a, a walking stick And and like the black cape Sounds like the
1: devil but okay
0: (laughs) He comes walking up and he sees The the midget manager pinned to the hood Of a car by the two guys With this you know S&M And the cocaine all over their faces And he looks up And he says hi dad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my
1: god
0: his father was like a Shakespeare shakespearean a famous shakespearean actor on broadway and He just dressed like that all the time
1: <laughs> oh that's brilliant oh, i love that
0: so we did a so so levi said you've had all these weird things happen to you uh on your tours and your shows and all the stuff and all the different crazy people who are in bands because everyone's crazy in a band he said, why don't we make a show? You've been making shows about everyone else. Why don't you make a show about you? And I said, all right, let's do it. We put it together. We called it Maybe Sunshine. And it's playing right now on YouTube and Funny or Die and a bunch of other places I can't remember. <laughs> um, but it's called Maybe Sunshine. We wrote a theme song. And we I think we did like seven episodes, seven webisodes. And they're really funny. And there's really cool music in it from Radiana. And we got some really cool locations. Our friend Julie helped us. She's a DJ at WFMU, so she's like, "Well, I want to interview you anyway." And I said, "Well, while we're there, you think we could shoot an episode?" Oh, that's great! And yeah, so we got to use WFMU and then broadcast the interview, and it was just very, um, very meta. <laughs> but uh, she didn't want to appear on film, so our our first AD stepped in and got gothed out <laughs> and played the goth DJ. That's so funny. <laughs> So maybe sunshine we've been working on. Um, I would have made more film projects, but I ended up getting cancer.
1: Oh, <laughs> do you want to talk about
0: that? About yeah, that? I don't care. So my whole last year was just um, being tr- going through treatment instead of making films and music. <laughs> so, luckily we had finished shooting and editing the whole season of Maybe Sunshine, and so I just put it out into the world and let it go. But I was not well enough to like promote it. Mm-hmm. To like really push it, to pitch it, to get a, a really good pitch together, I just was too sick. I'm just coming out of it now, so um, our but we got a manager out of it because I did it. I did go to the New York Women in Film and Television Pitch Fest, and we got a great manager, Abby Finer. Um, so she's gonna help us develop it into a 30-minute sitcom pilot, um, like script to pitch.
1: Fantastic. <sighs>
0: But I also want to do some shorts. You know, I'm starting to get my ideas back together. Maybe a couple of things here and there. I've been sumi- submitting writing samples to, uh, you know, to like SNL and, you know, different places like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, just submitting stuff.
1: You just keep creating.
0: Hair grew back in. So now I can start auditioning again. Your hair looks awesome, by <laughs> Thank the way. It <laughs> looks really cool. It came in silver and curly.
1: I love it. It's so <laughs> unique. It's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, I feel, uh, that I'm, go- we'll definitely have you back on. I want to interview w- you with Levi. Yeah. Um, but, Because uh, we
0: got to talk about the movie that we made while we were recording.
1: Oh. <laughs> Period piece. Can you say a little bit about it?
0: So, you know those film strips from the 70s, the sex education film strips <gasps> you'd watch? I as remember as- this one, right. yeah. There was one, they used to term people with Down syndrome, they used to term, uh, use the term Trainables. So they had sex education for Trainables. So they had this film and first of all the film itself is so creepy because it looks like by by you know at night they're shooting a 70s porno but by day they're renting it out to make these educational films. It looked like a a really cheesy porno set with porno actors trying to be normal and a real girl like a little girl with Down syndrome like seven-year-old girl teaching her about her period
1: oh my god
0: <laughs> so but when you when you work with trainables in back then you had to have like everything you did have to had to be in repetition so that they could be trained so the whole film is repetition of certain things like the first thing is like blue white blue white she's rotating a, a maxi pad look it is blue on one side and white on the other And so the film starts out with her asking her parents about, like, Mom, what's a period? And she tells, well, Jill, every 28 days for three or four days, blood from inside a woman's body comes out through an opening between her legs. Do you get periods, Mom? Yes, I do. Does Dad get periods? No, men don't get periods. Only women do. Every 28 days for three or four days, blood from inside a woman's body comes out through an opening between her legs. So anyway, you can imagine this film is insane. It's re- it's, the repetition makes you crazy. We decided to get drunk on tequila and reenact it to the actual audio. So we've got me as the girl with Down syndrome wearing a wig. We've got Debbie Diamond as the sister. We got some another friend as the mother. And then Levi was the father. And it's creepy and weird and I'm smoking in it and like <laughs> we, we made the real pad with like ketchup on it so it looks like blood <laughs> I, I think the film itself is more psychedelic and perverted than the original
1: yeah it sounds really weird
0: <laughs>
1: oh man yeah what was that experience working on that with Levi
0: it was great it was bonding we fell in love I mean we were we like immediately fell in love doing that we both realized that all we want to do is make films together
1: that's really nice. Yeah, that's really I mean, sweet. that's
0: all we talk about. Like, he's on set right now, and now he's getting into um, directing, and we're both in, we both write, um, we both edit, we both direct. Um, he's just getting into every aspect. He's even getting into like being a DP. We're we're slowly putting together a production company and amassing equipment, and hiring ourselves out. And um, yeah, I think we have a website, Wilson Arts Diversified. Dot weebly.com <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we've done a whole bunch of stuff we did we did something with you we did a blimpy commercial
1: yeah we i was uh i was the sandwich <laughs> in it and yeah. i i i was in he it, was it in and i sandwich. did the voice <laughs>
0: they they mailed us because they were like you know if you want to use these assets you got to speak up right now and we we were like the sandwich costume yeah fuck yeah so we immediately got back to them, and they mailed it. It was like this huge refrigerator box, and That's we opened, huge. and we like couldn't get it in the door. We open it up, and That's it's so a, fun. <laughs> We open it, and it's a giant subway sandwich or Blimpy sandwich.
1: Yeah, costume. <laughs>
0: so he gets in it. It's like huge and he's like "Hey, Hi, everybody Hi. i brought you blimpy <laughs>
1: and they they couldn't tell we did so many takes but they couldn't tell if i was a man or a woman <laughs> so we had to come back to do additional sound and they would so we would do a draft where it's like do do a low voice and then do your high voice and so it'd be like i brought you blimpy and then
0: <laughs> i brought you blimpy but in the end, it worked out because you're supposed to be Mama Blimpy.
1: Yeah, I was like a grizzly. you're your baby Blimpies. Yeah, and so we, we shot it without any permission in Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's just like kids hanging out in a park. And then there's me as this giant sandwich running after two actors in a park. <laughs> and I was like, this is bizarre. <laughs> it was really fun.
0: Welcome yeah. to New York. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: uh, right when I moved here. Yeah. That was so much fun. That was really fun. I um. wish we could
0: do more of that. But that company closed down, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Not Poppy. Pop, pop Cap. Pop tent Pop Tent. Pop
1: Tent? Pop Cap or Pop PopTent. Tent. Pop Tent. Yeah. Pop Tent closed down. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Startups, yeah. you know. Yeah, c'est la vie. <laughs> um, for one day I did uh basically I, I did telemarketing for one day. Um and every time I called, I had to call all these medical offices and basically get information from them. And they thought I was a woman over the phone. And if I corrected them, they would get upset <laughs> that I was a wow. man.
0: Why would they get upset?
1: Well, it was women. And then I'd say, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a man. And then they wouldn't be nice. But if I didn't correct them and just leaned into having a higher, nice, yeah. sweet voice, yeah. uh, <laughs> they would be super nice. Except men men were very suspicious so I would get a lot of these old secretaries at medical offices and they'd be like oh yeah totally ma'am we'll totally help you out but if I went like you know but if it was a guy they'd be like why do you need to know this ma'am and I was like whoa sir, it's a sir dude yeah and so if I heard a male voice I would immediately switch up to having a lower voice
0: like and lower. then they responded they were
1: so nice it's so fucked up what the Super fuck sexist. and then I quit because I was like this sucks what the hell <laughs> Um, telemarketing sucks oh my god it's so creepy it's the worst yeah i did for one day and then just didn't show up yeah, <laughs> I, I was I did like
0: one day for greenpeace and one day for citizens for handgun control and when the person on the phone said i'm gonna come find you where you're working and i'm gonna shoot you with my gun that's when i quit
1: <laughs> yeah I, w- I was just like it was okay like i got to doodle all day but i was like do i really want to sit in this freaking box and have some weirdos tell me what to do about my job i was like nah i'm gonna i'm just gonna go and do other things do
0: you want to be that person that bothers somebody in the middle of their dinner
1: what was the worst job you ever had
0: i was in the art department of this movie hanging out with the homeboys and my art director had she said i was tortured on my last films so i'm now going to torture you and she made me, we were up in the Bronx, she made me clean human feces and needles off of a fire escape. She made me scrape larvae out of a sink that they weren't going to shoot. She made me peel uh, dead rat bodies off of a mattress they weren't going to use just to fuck with me. Why she didn't you quit immediately? I quit, like three days later. Oh my god. Yeah. I worked I worked two to three days with no sleep and on the fourth day she said you have to come in today if you don't come in this will reflect very badly on your career and I was like fuck you click baller I'm not I don't I'm not a set dresser I don't care you know I'm not an art department person so it didn't really bother me but that was horrible (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then that movie went on to win eight Oscars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. it's one of the worst movies you could ever see of course <laughs> i sounds, don't even think you can find racist. it sounds super racist it's horrible oh.
1: um so this is the question i ask at the end of every single interview that i do um and i don't want it's just one simple question and answer it in two sentences or less don't really think about it just the first thing that pops into your brain okay um, I hope it's not offensive Um, Or it could be it might be interesting. Are you ready? Okay What is creativity to you?
0: Creativity to me is being able to be completely free Express myself go into my head and like live my daydreams and live all my fantasies And for me, it's like I said 100% freedom when you're doing something for someone else and it's not creative I feel like you're dying slowly so for me it's just the only way to live life
1: that's great i actually i forgot i was going to ask this one question before i asked that <laughs> um it's a new thing i've been doing on the podcast and i think it's really helpful to a lot a lot of our listeners are young college students um and i think uh you have such this plethora of experience um can we reverse the order of these Maybe, or, also or we just try. we'll do it how it is okay uh <laughs> Do you have any advice for any young artists or people that want to pursue art outside that didn't go to art school or are in school or just just do you have any advice for any like young fresh eyed kids? If you're in in
0: film school and it's not NYU or USC or UCLA, get out. You shouldn't even go to film school. Just go to L.A. or New York and just jump on a set and start working. You're going to learn more and you're not going to be in debt. I learned squat at Emerson College. They didn't have any good equipment. They, didn't, they had teachers telling me that a woman's place was in catering, and they had me take classes I didn't even need for, for getting rid of an accent that I don't have. Don't waste your money on film school. Maybe theater school, because you... Or I would even just say, just if you want to be an actor, and I've been in the casting rooms, if you want to get picked and called in for parts... You have to go to Juilliard and it has to be on your resume or Yale. That's that's for acting for film, don't go to film school. Teach yourself how to edit. You can shoot a movie on your damn phone. Everyone's a filmmaker now. When I was back in my day, I was the only female filmmaker around and I was shooting on film and it was it was amazing. But now I, I these kids these like people come out of the womb already knowing how to edit, so I can't even say really that I'm an editor or a filmmaker because everyone is now. So I don't even think it's worth your money to go to film school unless, of course, you want to go to a, on a, the producing track because then you have to actually learn business. Mm-hmm. But film school, skip it. Get out. Go work on a set.
1: Cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the podcast.
0: All right. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, uh, this was our Sclassed, uh Podcast. Live the dream and follow your art.